0: Welcome to our bonus podcast. We are meeting uh, on Tuesday, April 22nd. We'll see when you guys hear this. Um, you'll know we're meeting on a beautiful sunny day mm-hmm. uh, in this room down on the bottom of Northview. We get some nice windows, get to see the sunshine. I'm here today. My name is Crystal. I'm one of the pastors here on staff and Thalia is with me. Yes, good morning. Thalia is our pastor of care here at Northview and we have two guests. Angie Tufnell and Leslie Allison. So I want them to briefly introduce themselves, so that you get to know them a bit, and you'll get to know them a bit more through the podcast. So, go ahead.
1: Hi, I'm Leslie Allison. Um, I've been going to Northview for three years since we moved to Abbotsford. I'm married to Sean, have four kids, um, Joe Nate, Drew and Annie, and. I have written down here that i'm supposed to tell something i'm looking forward to this summer so what i'm looking forward to is my 10 year old son drew recently asked if he could have a little plot of land to make a vegetable garden oh. in the yard so we dug up <laughs> some awesome. grass yeah. and for the first time we've um we've planted these seeds and planted tiny tomato plants and i'm really excited to
2: eat what we grow if we can grow anything mm. <laughs> we well, got some good weather to start <laughs> it off with yeah yeah that's good angie uh, my name is Angie Tufnell. I have been at Northview for five years since we uh, moved to Abbotsford. I'm married to Clayton, and I have Molly, who's 12, Emily, who's 10, Benita, who's 10, Kimberly, who's 10. <laughs> uh, so a house full of girls. That's a lot of fun. In uh, our summer, we are um, going for our 13th year in a row to Green Bay. Yeah, Bible this is quite a tradition camp. for you guys. It is. We yeah. yeah. spend two weeks there, and yeah. kids have grown up there. So Wow, yeah. Uh, is there a group of people that you go with? Yeah, yeah. we meet families um, from here and then also we moved from Grand Prairie, Alberta five years ago, so we stay in touch with them that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's neat, neat. Oh, fun. Yeah. yeah, to have two weeks together yeah. on the I lake. Love it. I yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, Kelow- it's Kelowna, right? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. Um, Northview news, we often have just a little bit of an update on things that are going on here at Northview, mm-hmm. so we thought we would mention just a few things. Uh, first of all, I am going to Mexico on Friday which I'm excited about. Not, not to the beach. Not to the beach. Uh, <laughs> to the mountains. But uh, going to um, volunteer at the orphanage, the Panda Vita Orphanage, uh, which is supported by our church. And I'm just really excited about that. We have yeah. a women's missions trip that has gone every year for probably the last 10 years, and I've never been able to go before. So how big is your team? There's only five of us. Okay. So it's small. Hmm. But we'll be good. So what kind yeah. of things will you be doing? Construction and labor kind of stuff, and then playing with kids. And then we're also doing a three-day conference for the girls who are kind of at the age of graduating out of the, mm. out of the orphanage, talking about what it looks like to live as a Christian kind of when you're outside mm. those safe walls of mm. the orphanage and yeah. making your own identity and your way in the world. Yeah. So it'll be a three-day, kind of two hours a day teaching. We'll have 50 to 70 people there, they wow. said, for that. So yeah, so you can pray for us that, we're, mm. that our teaching goes well. Mm-hmm. Lori, husband, and I will be doing that together. Um, the other thing we're going to highlight, we just mention briefly, is that mission our Mission Campus went to two services yeah. this last weekend. so
3: 9am and 11am.
0: Yeah. And it was pretty much even split um, between the two services, 238 people in one and 240 in the other. so <laughs> wow. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah. So just really encouraging to see the growth of that campus. And we had our second women's Bible study there last night, and it just felt like the first one was good, but this just felt like, oh, yeah. okay, now much we're getting to know each other yeah. and know what to expect. so. Really good. Today we are going to talk um, on the topic of schooling for our children. We're going to talk about the differences between homeschooling, public schooling, private schooling, and that's why we asked Leslie and Angie to join us because they have different experiences than Thalia and I do. So we're going to talk about what those are throughout the week Mm -hmm. or throughout this next half an hour. But I just thought I'd just first of all ask, why are we talking about this topic? And uh, Thaley, I think you're gonna jump in there. Yeah, every January, February, and throughout the year, I have a lot of
3: families that come to talk to me with tears and snot, as I call it, a lot of (laughs) angst. You know, have I made the right decision? What is the right decision? Is there a right decision? And part of it is because we have so many choices here in Abbotsford, it's a huge privilege. So we have a number of different private schools, And we have a lot of choice within the public system. We have French immersion and the regular English track and fine arts and traditional and all the academies that start about middle school. And then in homeschooling, there are a lot of choices as well. And so parents are quite, you know, worried and upset about what choice do I make starting for kindergarten and is that going to be the pattern and what pattern do I choose? Mm
2: -hmm. I think important to talk about too, because as we relate to each other as sisters in Christ and in the church, when we make a choice, sometimes it can also inherent in our choices for our families, it can feel like judgment to yeah. other people. Mm-hmm. So if um, we think it's the
0: right one for us, right. other people so Right, and so yeah.
2: as we graciously move ahead um, in our tone and in our speech, we are making these decisions as, as we believe God has directed us for our families. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just be aware of that as we interact with each other. Yeah, because um, there's a lot of guilt and comparison is. as we uh, compare each other's stories.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it can come across like a, a superiority, like we've made a holier decision than somebody yes. else, right? right? If we're not careful. You know, trust <laughs> each other yeah. as we walk ahead. Yeah, right. and speak about it with, um, yeah. Yeah, with grace.
2: Yeah.
1: And part of the problem with having so many choices, too, is as soon as you say yes to one choice, you're saying no to the others. It's yeah. like when you go yeah. to a restaurant and there's so many good things on the menu and <laughs> you... S- choose your meal, but then you see this other food that's coming out for the other people, and you're thinking, oh, but I could have had this. And so, um, it's, I mean, you could live in turmoil if you keep looking at what yeah. you're saying no to instead of resting content in, the, in that decision for the year mm-hmm. and saying, um, my child is getting lots of good stuff within this decision, mm-hmm. and
0: um, not to just keep floundering and mm-hmm. wondering. And, yeah, you know. second-guessing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because even within homeschooling, there's lots so many choices. choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So our... Desire in this podcast is kind of to talk about some of these mis- misperceptions or kind of miscommunications that happen on this, kind of blow up some of the tension that exists. Because we don't want this to be a point of tension between people and no. a point of anger or frustration or judgment, no. like we've said. We want to be able to talk about this topic without getting angry and yeah. just talk about the reasons why, pros and cons. Um, and we'd like women within our church and within our community to be able to do mm-hmm. that. So we wanted to um, just open up that conversation. So I thought I'd quickly let each of you just tell us, tell the us and the audience what your personal schooling experience was like. What did you do for elementary, high school, and university? So, who wants to start there? I'll start. Okay.
1: Well, I grew up in Paris, Texas, and um, you know, honestly, I had never even heard of homeschooling, and I think we might have had a very small Christian school in town, um, like, but everybody just went to the public school. And yeah. so I started kindergarten and the kids I went to kindergarten with, I graduated from high school with, mm-hmm. I graduated it was a high school of about twelve hundred kids in town. And um yeah.
0: So you knew them right on right on up from kindergarten. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And so um but that was a story for most people I would say in
0: our small town of twenty five thousand people. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. And then I went to university in um a secular university in North Carolina, Davidson College
2: and Yeah. There you go, Angie. I uh, was. I attended a Christian school from kindergarten to grade 12. Um, we moved from Ontario to BC uh, in seventh grade. So oh, I halfway through, yeah. yeah, halfway through. So spent people I was in seventh grade with, I graduated with in grade 12, and our church and school were deeply enmeshed. So mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. families and same mm-hmm. people. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I ended up going to Bible school for a year and a half while I was trying to get into nursing school somewhere. But Crystal and Daly, I thought it would be good to mention that I almost (laughs) got out of high school. I spent two years in summer school um, and and ended my grade 12 year with a uh, Bible mark of 34%. (laughs) So Bible school was good for me for a year and a half. And then I did a community college uh, diploma in nursing. Mm -hmm. And then I went on to UBC to finish my degree and then did my master's in nursing at UBC. I don't oh. think you mentioned that you teach the precept course here. Yeah, I teach precept. So it's very yeah. funny yeah. that you
3: graduated with 34%, you Bible. said. And yeah. now you teach Bible for, like, love a main words. love
2: teaching the word, and I love mm-hmm. knowing it. Yeah. And um, it's possible for anyone, even with a failing grade of <laughs> right, Bible in high school. I think that's yeah. encouraging. <laughs> so if our girls right now
0: are not yeah. loving the Bible, <laughs> say, that's okay. There's yeah, hope. Yeah. How about you, Thalia?
3: When I was growing up, my family moved a lot. So from grade one to grade five, I was in three different public schools. And as a result, my parents decided that probably we should have a stable school, even though we we were moving a lot. So they put us in a Christian school in Vancouver for, I was there from grade six to grade 11. But by the end of grade 11, the recession of the eighties had really impacted our family. So they asked me and my siblings to switch to the local public high school. And they didn't make me switch because they knew it was going to be my grade 12 year, but they asked me if I would, Mm -hmm. and I was so excited because my small school had 200 kids from grade 8 to grade 12, and I was tired of them, even (laughs) though I really cared about them a lot, but I was tired and wanted a new change. yeah. Yeah. So grade 12 in the local public high school, which had 200 in my grade. And then after that, I went to Bible school for one year, then I went to UBC, which is public university, and then I went to Trinity
0: Western University here for my master's degree, private. There you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, I grew up in this area, in Bradner area. My parents still live on the place where we grew up, and so I went to a little country elementary school, Mm -hmm. which was great. Um, I was about the only Christian, though, in the school, so that was an interesting dynamic for me growing up, Mm -hmm. just to feel very alone in my faith uh, and then I went to MEI for high school, and I remember especially grade 8 and 9 just feeling this ugh, relief to be around Christian kids, because mm-hmm. I just hadn't mm-hmm. had that other than being yeah. at church on the weekend. Mm-hmm. I felt like my life was very secular as an elementary. I finished at MEI. I think after grade 10, I could have probably gone anywhere, but I remember that grade 8 and 9 year just being really special for me mm-hmm. to feel like, okay, I, mm-hmm. there's other people like me around. Yeah. you know, So it was really encouraging. Uh, but then I went off to Simon or University of the Fraser Valley here for a year and a half and then SFU um, And finished my Bachelor of Arts at SFU and now I'm doing my master's at Regent. Mm-hmm. So a variety of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah Secular and Christian and pros and cons definitely both. Yeah So we're gonna talk a little bit now just about our personal schooling choices that we've made for our kids to date so I want each of us to kind of share where we're at so that we know as we enter the rest of this discussion, kind of the framework that we're working from. So, mm-hmm. Leslie, do you want to start on that one too?
1: Sure. Um, let's see. My oldest is 19, Josiah, and I have a 17-year-old, Nate. So when those guys were ready to start school, we were um, in Cameroon, West Africa, with Wycliffe Bible Translators in a small um muslim village we were there for about 10 years and i really didn't have a choice of schooling yeah, yeah. I, it's, it was homeschool or no school yeah. <laughs> and so um that's what we did and we liked it and we didn't have a lot of resources or support um i mean certainly compared to what's available here in abbotsford and yet you can do a lot with um without fancy books and <laughs> um yeah, I just really loved spending that time with the boys and teaching them and trying science experiments that never, ever worked. <laughs> um, and then uh, when we left our village, we moved to um, Colorado so my husband could get a doctorate in linguistics. Wickliffe asked him to do that so that he could be more involved in training. And so at that point, then we um, all of a sudden, I didn't have to homeschool because there were schools around. And so I thought, well, okay, I'll just put them in the school down the street, the public school. So they entered school um, in grades five and six. And um, yeah, I started to see then a lot of the stark contrast between homeschool and um, public school. Then we had two more kids, Drew, who's now 10, and Annie, who's 7. So they were um, little then when the big boys started school. So then when it was time for Drew to start preschool, I had a very deliberate decision to make. Because whereas with the big boys, there was no decision to be made. I had to homeschool. I had lots of choices around for these next two kids, and then mm-hmm. I deliberately, I um, just wanted to teach them at home. I just loved being around them, and um, I could see for us a lot of the just the benefits and joys of um, things that you that you could do once you get the basics covered. You can teach them anything. That you want. You can memorize hymns and memorize scripture and read missionary biographies and um, just have all kinds of fun together. So um, that's what we did. Then, when we moved here to um, Abbotsford, um, the big boys, then we put them in at MEI. And so uh, Josiah graduated from there last year and went to Trinity Western. He's finishing up his first year there, and then Nate is going to graduate from there this year. June, and then I'm still homeschooling Drew and Annie. Drew is currently in grade four, and Annie's in grade two, and we're just having a great time together.
0: <laughs> so you've done public, private, and homeschool. <laughs> that's right. There you go. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, Not French version. No choice. Although some choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's right.
0: Yeah, it's all
2: good. How about you, Angie? Yeah. Well, our um, yeah, it has been a progressive decision, and I would say when I came into motherhood and had kids, I was excited to have kids. I was looking forward to it. Uh, But my idea of motherhood was getting through the first five years Mm -hmm. and then sending them to school. Um, And God really had a huge work to do in me. Mm -hmm. And um, as I explored that there could actually be a vision for motherhood um, and that it could look like uh, something different than what I had imagined it to be, um, I started reading uh, some books about being a mom and having a vision as a mom. Um, and one woman introduced the idea of homeschooling, which I'd never heard of before, mm-hmm. um, and it seemed crazy to me. And Clayton and I both loved school. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spent a lot of time in school, And um, but the conviction and the compelling would not really leave. Mm-hmm. So as we were sorting it out, we had a decision to make with Molly. She went to kindergarten at the Christian School in Grand Prairie and had an incredible year, and it was so good for me. I needed to know um, we were not doing it out of fear, mm-hmm. oh yeah. but instead out of conviction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we uh, brought her home in grade one and we have been homeschooling ever since she is in grade eight grade seven now um, and we actually uh, use a program out of the U.S. and it's called Veritas Scholars Academy and so it's a classical education which as as God has um, just grown our desire to homeschool our kids and then also grown our vision for it uh, he's he, In us is also a desire for a a rich history, classic literature, logic, and rhetoric program. Mm -hmm. So by the end of the 18 years in our home, if we continue to do this year by year, uh, our kids will have gone through the Bible beginning to end um, and be able to defend and reason through their faith. Mm -hmm. And so that it's giving us the time to do that, and this program has really given us the resources to do it. So Mm -hmm. it has been a, a conviction. Um, for our family for this time um, and it has uh, changed me a lot and sanctified me incredibly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it is not easy and there are days where uh, I, I have called MEI and registered the kids <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they gave me my money back <laughs> but I did do it um, and so it is just a daily walking out and a yearly walking out hmm. yeah but I'm loving it hmm. What for you, Thalia? Yeah.
3: We live over by Sandy Hill, Claiborne and Bateman, which are public schools on the east side of Abbotsford. And we moved there when our kids were uh, three and four years old. And so we did preschool at um, the Christian school there, Abbotsford Christian School, and had a really great experience. It's a very good school, and I have good friends there. But like Angie, I felt sort of convicted that I would like to have friends in the area. I'd like to be able to walk to school. I'd like to be able to be Christians in the school. I, I, I wanted to be present in the public school system. And so although I would have liked to stay at Abbotsford Christian School, we decided to move them to public And I thought that's where the decision would stay, and that's how it would end, and Sandy Hill was great, and I chose the English track, or Mark and I chose the English track because French Immersion moves you to the middle of Abbotsford and then the far end of Abbotsford, and I really didn't want to do commuting. I grew up commuting to school, half hour driving in the morning and an hour and a half by city bus every day mm-hmm. and then we also commuted to church and to youth group and, I, and by the time I was a parent I was so done with commuting and I think that was a huge impact on how what I chose to do or mm-hmm. Mark and I he was fine with either thing so then we got to about grade four or five when everybody's considering middle school and the decisions were coming up about academies and a number of Carter's friends he was our youngest we're going to hockey Academy and he's so not a hockey guy and so he said that doesn't suit me mom uh, I would like to go to Bible Academy <laughs> and he didn't know anything about Christian schools I'm like oh uh, that means commuting across town that means leaving this area of your friends it means me leaving the public school system because I was pretty involved so uh, we decided, well maybe at high school you could go to MEI because Mark and I both have a Mennonite mm-hmm. heritage so MEI would have been a natural fit And it is now. But by the end of grade 6, for him, we knew that he needed to leave the public school system. So we enrolled him starting grade 7 for MEI. And it has been a gift to us. Actually, the public schools were a gift as well. Ava stayed in the public school system. And that was a gift to her. She had friends. And it would have crippled her to have taken her out of the public school system at that point. But last spring, she came to Mark and I and said <laughs> that she wanted to leave the public school system. She so a big. how surprised you were. Oh, like, what? <laughs> and, I, and we tried to convince her to not make the change because I knew that changing in grade 11 is a mm. huge change. Mm. I wasn't sure she was up for the challenge, but she'd already done all her research. She'd already talked to all her friends. She'd already planned her courses. Mm. She had it all figured out. So we let her um, change to MEI and it has been a gift for her and so now I am a private school mom hmm. yeah. and thankfully mei is right down the road from work yeah so that's so not commuting in an opposite direction <laughs> no <at least. laughs> no that was very hard growing up commuting so much well, that's a long yeah, time, An hour and a half on city bus which, i know yeah. three different changes oh yeah going through tough parts of vancouver hmm. i tell my kids it was very normal to have homeless people drunk people and I just the daily challenge was having them not fall asleep on you yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know it was yeah. yeah but it was good growth for me so that's okay
0: yeah. your turn yeah, my three kids have gone through school in the public system. They um, we were at Mountain Elementary and then Fraser Middle and now my two youngest are at Yale High School and my son, Clayton, is at UBC. Um, I think, like I said, growing up, I had a, a good elementary school and pub and uh, high school for different reasons. Um, I think I really loved MEI, like I said, for uh, the security and stuff it gave me in grade eight and nine. But I think what happened uh, as Bob and I were first married, we were youth leaders for about four years. And what we saw as we were leading a lot of the teenage kids, we saw that a lot of the kids who were in the public school, we really uh, enjoyed the way they were wrestling with their faith, kind of while they are under their parents' roof. And they were going through lots of questions about faith and trying to have it, how to live it out on a daily basis yeah. while they were under kind of their parents' care and supervision still. And so we felt that that was something we'd like to try And just see year by year how it goes Mm -hmm. so we've never had it as a closed this is the only way to go and this is the only way we will go and we won't ever switch but it was kind of the decision we made that we thought it seemed like a healthy a healthy Mm -hmm. position and i wanted to be involved and get to know women in our neighborhood like you said and so for years i was on the pack at our elementary school Mm -hmm. um, and like everything you have your kids involved in uh, it just builds friendships and relationships within the community whether that's hockey or sports or your homeschooling group or whatever you just Mm -hmm. build networks so for us at this point it's been positive Um, it definitely when my son graduated from high school last year his close friends were his youth group friends they weren't his his school friends which is interesting for him to Mm -hmm. realize like Mm -hmm. that it was the friends he had in church that were the ones Mm -hmm. that were really going to stand by him and so at school it turned out that a lot of the kids from church were actually at Yale as well Mm -hmm. which was great but he only found them Later, like he, he wasn't friends with them at school. He mm-hmm. became friends with them at church, and then realized they were mm-hmm. the same school with him. So that was a good support. But it was interesting for him to realize as he went on; those were the ones that were actually kind of the people he was going to engage with. And it's been neat for him now going to UBC. He right away knew he had to plug in with a yeah. group of Christians mm-hmm. there. Or he was going to get yeah. kind of lost in the shuffle. So yes. he's been involved with University Christian Ministries there, and it's just been amazing for his faith and growth to develop Christian friends mm-hmm. there. So, so. Other pastors, too, at Northview have mm-hmm. different experiences. So what do you do? You want to summarize what some of the other yeah, pastors so just, have decided? Mm-hmm. yeah,
3: Just a summary. A lot of people will come to us, and they think that all of the pastors only have their kids in Christian schools or only in the public schools, and they have uh, impressions on this. So right now we have six pastors that have their kids in public school, three pastors that have their kids in private school, and one home school. Mm-hmm. And then we also have four that our kids are too, too young or are already grown. So it's a mix.
0: It is. So if this is not a right or wrong decision that we find mm-hmm. in a certain page in the Bible, <laughs> how do we make a decision on what we do with our kids? Yeah. Uh, we want to talk about that, the, kind of the bulk of the rest of the podcast. Yeah. What are some of the factors that we want to consider when we make a decision yeah. on this?
2: Yeah. So I will just say we, we cannot go to the word for a prescriptive schooling decision for no. every family. No. But we can go to the word for a prescriptive parenting mm-hmm. uh, principles and precepts for us to know. Yeah. And I just want to, uh, first, third John verse 4. I have no greater joy than this to hear of my children walking in the truth. Yeah. And I think that would be our heart for yeah. all of our kids as yeah. we mm-hmm. uh, graduate them from the home at 18 years old, that they yeah. would be walking in the truth. And yeah. so how do we do that? And yeah. I just think there is a great commission in Matthew 28 where we are to uh, go out and to make disciples. Uh, baptizing them and teaching them to obey all that he commands and I just think our primary is yeah those people in our home that mm-hmm. we have to do that with yeah um and then Deuteronomy 6 verse 6 and 7 gives us a beautiful way on how to do that teaching them diligently yeah all his commands mm-hmm. while we are walking mm-hmm. sitting mm-hmm. through the day and the night mm-hmm. yeah. and so those are the non-negotiables mm-hmm. as uh believing parents raising mm-hmm. children and so then how does that look if That's all our end goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How do we... Where? What are the freedoms and the choices, and actually how do we make those choices mm-hmm. then yeah. for yeah. each of our families mm-hmm. um, with this end goal in mind? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Thalia, why don't you talk about some of the things that people struggle with in that decision-making?
2: Yeah. There is a lot of
3: struggle in that decision-making because, as Angie said, we would love to turn to a page in the Bible and have it all written mm-hmm. out for ourselves yeah. so we don't have to wrestle. But mm-hmm. we do have to wrestle. And I have gone through... and. I, said it before i've gone through tears and snot myself mm-hmm. and so do people who come to mm-hmm. meet with me it is something to wrestle with and there are a lot of factors to wrestle with one factor we have to wrestle with is finances you know what can your family afford and sometimes it means giving up something so that you can send them somewhere and sometimes it means that you just simply can't and that's a decision that each couple needs to wrestle with mm-hmm. and work at it together as a team
2: mm-hmm.
0: What other things? What are some other factors? Well, I think you want to be aware of um, just the options that are out there without going crazy trying to investigate all of them, looking at the strength and the health of the schools around you. Like, Mm -hmm. I made the decision for public because the schools that my kids would go to are strong schools and because I knew the people there, I liked the people there, Mm -hmm. I trusted them, I felt Mm -hmm. comfortable. If I had gone into that school and felt differently. I might have made a different choice. Mm -hmm. So I think as parents, we want to be involved in investigating Mm -hmm. um, so that we know where we're sending our kids. So don't
2: feel like you have to go one way just because, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the way that our families are made up are also, I think, factors in our decision. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I have four beautiful girls. Um, two were, came to us biologically and two uh, from Haiti through adoption. Mm-hmm. And so a really strong value of our families was attachment. And mm-hmm. how yeah. are we going to do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really came down to time mm-hmm. and discipling them through the day at home yeah. Uh, yeah. to build that foundation for them and, mm-hmm. and strengthen their bonds with one another. Yeah. With yeah. Us.
1: I think another thing to consider is just the temperament of the individual child and the parents' temperament too I don't think um, I don't think every mom is cut out to be mom and teacher. I think that um, you know to be mom and teacher you've got you've got to have a certain I guess relationship with your child so that you can inspire them to love to learn and that um, you can have that teaching learning relationship and sometimes there's a clash. I know that um, when I tried to when I was homeschooling my first two Joe and Nate I tried to teach him to play the piano, and I was finding that every piano lesson, they were crying, and I thought, I'm making them cry. Thankfully, this didn't happen in school, that I always made them cry, so I, I thought, well, I'm not going to keep doing this. We're going to stop piano lessons, because I, I, I'm not a good teacher at this. Yeah. Um, I know that I'm not strong in computer skills, so I know that I'm going to need to get some outside help and, yeah. with the Drew and Annie and the computer. Um, and so, yeah, you need to know yourself as a teacher, what... Is this going to be a good fit? What are the special needs of the child? There's so much um, help out there. It's just, yeah, it's not a mold. Any one of our choices that every child can fit into. They're yeah. special. Each kid is unique. Right?
3: And that impacts the finances, too, because some parents okay. simply cannot homeschool because they need to work. You know, if you're a single parent mm-hmm, or you low-income family yeah. or things, there are some choices you cannot make. Because you need to pay
1: the bills. That's right. To Have yeah. the freedom to stay home. Yeah. And teach. yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a gift.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, talked mm-hmm. to a mom last night. We just mentioned at our women's Bible study last night in mission that we were going to talk about this topic. And so this mom came to talk to me after, and she's I think she has eleven kids because her email address is mom of eleven. So I'm guessing that. <laughs> but she said there was one year where she had her kids in six different schools yeah just because of what one was homeschooled one was in this one one was in that one and just because of kind of their temperament and what they said it was kind of crazy to juggle it all but they're all happy yeah so that was the best scenario for them Mm -hmm. at that point Mm -hmm. to say this Mm -hmm. is where you fit best this is where you fit best and we'll make it work somehow Uh yeah um i thought that was interesting
3: i think we also need to consider their gifts and their skills Mm -hmm. and maybe if they have special needs that's right some kids really are wired for, you know, another language mm-hmm. or wired for arts, you know, fine arts schools mm-hmm. or things like that. We need to consider mm-hmm. that for each kid. Like yeah. Carter himself, recognizing that he wanted to go to a Bible academy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's
1: important to pay attention mm-hmm. to. Yeah, I know, too, that my, my son, Nate, when he entered public school after being homeschooled, that was grade 5, and he started doing better um, in school academically. And I think that he his teacher and the other kids were able to inspire him maybe mm. to try harder. Yeah. Um, he's the only one that I've I found that with. So, yeah, I think sometimes you just can't... Generate you know, that your kids are motivated in certain yeah. environments and not in others to really thrive. So yeah. you need to know yeah. your kid.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, I also think important that we are prayerfully making these decisions year by year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I know for myself um, and for lots of homeschool moms, February is the darkest month of the year <laughs> <laughs> because you've done so much Literally and you've got so long to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it can really be crisis time. Yeah. It's when school registration is happening. It is uh, when you are past Christmas holidays and you are just tired. <laughs> you have nothing to look forward um, to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for and, while, yeah. And we, we need to guard our minds. Um, and our hearts, and also our convictions. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that would be my encouragement, prayerfully consider each year.
0: And I think... uh in addition to that, is not feel this panic that once you make mm-hmm. a decision yeah. for one year that it has to be for the rest. Yeah, like, right. A lot of people with, with their kids entering kindergarten are like panicking. Well, yeah. well, if it doesn't work, try something else next year. <laughs> like, yeah. But we have kind of feel like we need to set a trajectory that's going to stay.
3: And we often think that we need to make the decisions based on our school system. So you need to make the decision starting in kindergarten and then make a decision for grade six because that's middle school and then make a decision for grade nine, which is high school. Whereas I know for myself personally, and then for my kids, nobody changed at Mm -hmm. the right times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was hard. It was lurchy. There was tears. There was upset. But it's good for their growth. And I have Mm -hmm. seen huge growth because we made the switch based on their temperament and their skills and their abilities And when when they're ready at the age. And it wasn't at the nice time breakouts.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good point in terms of, like, we can have um, a lot of factors in decision-making But let's not let the factors limit us either. No. If God wants to, if he is calling us to something Mm -hmm. and he will provide the finances Mm -hmm. or um, he will, my my temperament, my laziness, my selfishness, my... What I am prone to is not what I thought a homeschooling mom should look like or mm. should be. And he has changed me and grown me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am faced with my sin on a daily basis. Yeah. And it is a good thing. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Necessary. Yes, <Yeah. laughs> We all have also have to consider friendship groups. Mm-hmm. Sometimes our kids are at the right
3: school but they are with the wrong teacher or the wrong set of friends, Mm -hmm. and that can really impact our kids positively or negatively. And we sometimes need to switch them out based on friendships and not because the school or the teachers are Mm -hmm. wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. There's a lot of factors to consider. Yeah. What kind of words of advice would you have as we kind of wrap up this topic to people as they're making these decisions?
3: I would say if you are a parent and you're involved in a public or private school... Just because I have not been involved in homeschooling, I would say get involved if you can. Uh, participate now and then, if, yeah. or if you can, or a lot if you're able to. I was very involved in the pack and yeah, always too, there. Right. And I think there's a huge opportunity for us to influence teachers and administration for God in our situations.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be on the same page. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Like with you, the rest yeah, of your family as a parent, members, if yeah. you are, if you have a spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be on the same page. For is, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm important mm-hmm. and supportive mm-hmm. and to be going
1: in the same direction yeah, in your hearts. Mm-hmm.
0: And like Angie brought us back to this whole um, role as parents from Deuteronomy 6, I think just being aware that I think what we do in our families is the most important thing that the kids are going to, that's going to impact their development, mm-hmm. kind of spiritually right. and emotionally mm-hmm. and uh, the way they relate to people. We so don't turn that over to anyone else. No, mm-hmm. and that's a little bit of a fear I have sometimes, um, yeah, the parents when they put their kids in a children, in a Christian school will think, well, the, the Christian school is taking care of their education, mm-hmm. their uh, of their discipleship, of their mm-hmm. prayer you know, prayer training, their worship, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't need the church to do it, or we don't need uh, to do it at home. And uh, I get a little nervous about that sometimes. That sometimes some of the Christians. Kids are as well in the church. Yeah, we are called to disciple
2: our kids, and so no matter what school situation Mm -hmm. they are in or we've chosen Mm -hmm. for them, Mm -hmm. that is our our primary role as parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we want to close in prayer as we end this podcast. Uh,
2: Angie, would you do that for Mm -hmm. us? Heavenly Father, we just come to you um, as ladies who have made different decisions who are walking down different paths day by day but have the same heart and mm-hmm. the end goal for our kids. We are so thankful for your grace in the midst of our decisions, our, our wrong ones and our right ones, mm-hmm. and you, you cover them all, and you have mm-hmm. our kids um, in the midst of our decisions, and we're so thankful for that. Yeah, Thank you for the choices you do give us and the freedom that we can walk in um, as your children, and I pray, Lord, that you just give us Uh, grace for one another um, and just a deep, deep passion uh, to disciple our kids, to teach them your word and who you are. Um, And would you give us strength um, and grace to do that. In your name, amen. amen. Amen.
3: Thank you for joining us.